in today's show. We look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball players who are added, players who are dropped, players who should be added, players who should be dropped. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and Substack, JoshLloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're going to talk um, waiver wire. Most added players, droppable players, all of that stuff here. We'll get all that out of the way. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. The most added players. This is over the last 24 hours. Number one is Danny Gafford. We talked about him, and he was actually the cover guy on the stream show for yesterday. The trend has been to play him alongside Chris Dapps Porzingis more. Whether that continues or not in Bradley Beal's absence, I, I don't know. But the, produ- the production from Gaffin, and we've seen this in the past, play him 25 minutes a night, you get good blocks, great field goals, good rebounds, solid scoring. All right, you're going to have black holes in other areas. But the trend is there, and often if you wait four or five games for a trend, you miss out. I probably would. I, I didn't really consider it after game one. After game two, I was all in. And people are really looking at this now with Gafford too. So he's one of the most added players. And it, it could easily go wrong. Don't get me wrong with that. It's, it could very easily go wrong. But it's one of those ones that we've talked about in the past where, okay, we try it. It's not an injury-related thing necessarily. It's a schematic and rotational decision thing. And maybe it has a chance of sticking where we see more pausing as Gafford line. I'm not convinced that we do. But I want to find out because the upside of that versus like the upside of playing like Rui Hachimura, for example, if he played 28 minutes a night, it'd be like, all right, sure. He'll get 14 and five and nothing else. And that's not that useful. Whereas Gafford might get 12 and 12 with two blocks on 70%, which is way more useful. So we're interested in that. Very interested to see that the third most, or second most out of play, he was Tari preseason. Hmm. He's a tough one. The talent is clearly there. He is the guy that if he started will be a top 70 player and honestly is a real chance he could end up as the season's best ranked rookie. That is possible. In points leagues, not ahead of Paolo, of course. In category leagues, yes, he could be. But we just don't know when Steven Silas is going to actually try and prioritize the minutes of him. And it could get even worse for Eason when um, Tate returns, which is still a while away. But really encouraged from last game. People are moving in and looking at the luxury stash, which again, to me, a luxury, there's, I guess there's two different types of luxury stash. There's the luxury stash and there's the the stash where you buy two of them so you can sit one on the shelf and not touch it. Eason's not that one because he's still giving you like 14 team value at worst. And if it pops, it's great. The other one, the the one that you wrap that buy the double of and keep pristine and uh, new in box, NIB, is like a Tom Bryant where there's value in him if Davis is out like today. But in every other game, he's a zero. So you're literally taking zeros with no no high floor at all to give that value. Eason's not that guy. 
So I like it, but it's always going to be dependent on your individual situation. Can I deal with subpar production? How long do I have to wait? It might be till February. There's no right or wrong answer with adding him. I think it probably is the right move to add Eason after last game, but just be prepared for 17 minutes and four points today. That's what. That's the worry. Mo Bamba, one of the most added players for the Orlando Magic. I mean, sure. I don't know why, but sure. I guess it's because we've still got Wendell Carter out. Mo Bamba's ready to return. I think that Mo Wagner's a better player than Mo Bamba. For fantasy, probably not. I don't dislike this, though, because Bamba was putting up solid fantasy numbers. On court, I still think he's bad. But he was putting up solid fantasy numbers, and he has a brilliantly good fantasy stats set. We saw it last season when he played 27 minutes a night and was a great option. All right, so I don't mind taking a crack at him now and just seeing if they do play him over Wagner because Carter's still out. But when Carter comes back, he, he just won't play. And then we're still in Orlando. Jonathan Isaac, yeah, one of the most added players, fourth most added player over the last 24 hours because we've got an update that he was going down to the G League. I still think he's weeks away from returning. I don't think he's coming back this week. I don't think he's coming back next week in week nine, maybe week 10. I would guess Christmas is more likely for Isaac. And then it's going to be basically half the season done, not quite, getting close to half the season done, limited minutes, no back-to-backs. The risk of re-injury has got to be there for him considering what's happened with his legs. But the allure is there. Well, the last time we saw him, Josh, he was a top 25 player. He was a defensive player of the year candidate. And that is sort of true. But he was getting like two steals and 2.3 blocks per game. The offense was starting to come along. But that role's not there. It's just not. He's not playing over Franz or Paolo or Carter. Is he playing over Bolt? Probably. But I don't know. But as I detailed on yesterday's show, this is... Like if you have the open injury slot, you're sitting in a really strong position in your league, top two, top three, going well, do it. And then you, you got to, you've got a buffer to wait, wait on more information to hear what's happening. I still think that it's going to be one of those ones where we add these injured players who haven't played forever and it just doesn't pan out. It happens every year with these guys. And the default position should always be, I don't think it's going to happen, but the allure's there, the upside is there. Even though I think there's a 2% chance of making these figures up, but the 2% chance of it hitting the allure is there. So I'm not going to kill you for adding Jonathan Isaac. Obviously, there's no short-term. And I don't think he's going to have any impact in 2022. It'll be once the calendar ticks over, I'm guessing, is when he actually starts to play. But there is upside there. But if you're sitting on the bottom, you've got Lamelo on your team, you've got Kawhi on your team, you've got, um, you're waiting on Cade Cunningham to make a decision on surgery, then there's point, uh, no way. Don't, don't bother with him. Andrew Nampard, one of the most added players. Yeah, should have been added last weekend. Clear ad everywhere. Yes, if Halliburton returns, his value dips, and then we reassess it. But he was good before Halliburton went out. He was sort of fringe 12, pushing into almost must roster 12 before Halliburton got, got hurt. Jose Alvarado, one of the most added players. Now, that's because Jones and Ingram are out again, and it's also chasing the 38-point game from last time. But with those two out, there is a pathway to 26, 27 minutes. That's a pathway to two steals and five assists. That's a path, pathway to 15 or 16 points, perhaps. It's not a long-term solution for Alvarado, I don't think. But in the short term, with those guys out, I get it. Let's talk Tom Bryant. Anthony Davis is out. Tom Bryant's an ad. I don't, I don't think it gets any simpler than that. And when Davis plays, Bryant will play. 
zero minutes. Simple as that. You add Brian for today. It's a great stream. He might put up 20 and 12 with three blocks. And then it's just not going to last. They won't play together. He barely plays any backup minutes at all. Like his minutes, he got 28 and then 10 and four. And then he had 20 in a blowout, three, 18 in a spot start. And so he, he might actually start today and do nothing. But it is a great ad for today. One of the premier streams out there. And then I've got this guy, you know, I, I, if you're coming from Instagram or where I posted the graphic, I'm putting Tim Hardaway is the fourth most added player. Or sorry, not the fourth. I think he's the sixth most added player on Yahoo because he's still rostered in 62% of leagues only. Meaning 38% of leagues are sleeping. Now, there is no way that Tim Hardaway continues what he's doing. So you're not going to be able to sell high on him. But you cannot leave him on the waiver wire. He is the most important thing is he's getting minutes and a shit ton of shots. And yes, the shots are going in and they won't continue to go in at this level. But Tim Hardaway is a guaranteed must roster player for now. You cannot leave him on the wire. You just can't do it. We could be back in three weeks' time and I'll say yeah, the magic's off. He's hitting 30% of his shots. Drop him. Right? That is almost definitely going to happen. But you've got to add him now. And I don't know why it's taken so long for so many people to go and grab him. Just a simple statement. Like, these are the most added players now. And it also goes to show that some people are very behind the times. Andrew Nempard just being added now. Why? Tim Hardaway being added now. Why? These guys should have been added you know, on the weekend. Seriously, on the weekend, these were must-add players. So, you know, when we've talked about them for days, about being must-add players, but now they're just starting to, to pick up, you got to go and add them. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Every day, a new potential hire. It's so, so important for your business. If you're the one making those decisions, you know, it, can feel, it feels almost like life, life or death because a bad decision, an incorrect hiring decision can set your company back in so many different ways. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so easy. Go in and create that job. Click, 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 click. There you go. Jobs typed up, done. And then you go in and you add your job in and you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and that tells people that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's got the most dropped players in fantasy basketball over the last 24 hours. I think majority of these I agree with. Number one is Kevin Love. You stream him when their schedule allows for it. Last time he played nine minutes, went to the locker room. I don't believe that he's a must-roster player, so move on. Shake Milton. It was lovely while it happened, my guy. But, yeah, this is... Well, I should just call this the, the jack list. Get that garbage out of here! Now, Milton will still have a few little games where you go, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have dropped him until Maxi returns. But we've seen the priority. It's Melton and Harden. Milton's down next. And then when Maxi returns, he goes to fourth guard. He's a 14-team league guy still, I think, Shake, but not a 12-teamer. Maxi Kleber, I guess people streamed him via I really like Maxi, but his fantasy game has really disappeared. Caleb Martin, yeah, he's not good. Um, but... There's two more quality games coming up for the Heat. I would not have dropped him yet because they play Thursday, they play Saturday. 
There's no point dropping him after Tuesday with the hopes to stream someone in today when you probably don't have the roster spot. The Heat have that great schedule. After Saturday, yeah, turf him. Like he's not, he's not useful enough. But the schedule necessitates holding, I think. Josh Green, yeah, look, we saw it on Monday, a big game. There was three games on Tuesday. You stream him in, you shit the bed, you move on. Cool. Marvin Bagley, hmm. I don't know how to react to this. What did he have? Four and four last game with two steals in 19 minutes. He got benched. Why? Because he's bad. He can have a double-double, and we have said this a million times. Bagley is a points and rebounds player, and double-doubles look sexy because they're both double-digit figures. And people go, ooh, they're big numbers. I like big numbers. And then he has zero assists and usually lacks in threes and steals and blocks. And in the past, has been bad with both his percentages. But this season, they've been up. But they're coming down. I don't know that I would drop Bagley, but I also, I'm quite critical of Dwayne Casey. I don't think that Dwayne Casey is making the wrong decision in benching Marvin Bagley because Marvin Bagley is an offensive black hole and a defensive liability. And I don't think you want either of those things on the court for bulk minutes. I would probably give it a couple more games here, especially because it is a back-to-back and he's playing today anyway. But this, to me, was always the likely outcome. There'd be some good games, but he'd go back to being Marvin Bagley, and he has. So, you know, there's no problem, especially in a points league, if he's going to continue to be the starting center, do it. But my initial project, projection, prediction with Bagley was he'd start, and like in a month or two, Casey would be like, I, I don't think we can have this guy starting, or he's going to be a ceremonial starter because it just kills us every time he's out there. And I think that's what will end up happening. He might start and be a 21-minute guy, and then Duran and Stewart and Bay all eat in because they are better than him. That's how I view that. Chetty Osman, I guess people streamed him for yesterday. All right, but you can obviously get rid of him. And then there's uh, Dracaris Slavert. Dracaris. Clear a 12-team drop. Absolutely clear. You add him when one of Mitchell or Garland is out, and that's it. So out of those guys drop, the only guy I probably wouldn't have is Caleb because of the schedule. And probably I probably wouldn't have dropped Bagley just yet. But again, if I'm looking long-term, I don't really buy it. But I probably wouldn't have done it just yet. Let's look at some players who are droppable. A reminder, droppable droppable. This does not mean have to drop them. It means that you can drop them. If they're on your roster, you need to activate someone. You're doing a two-for-one trade. You're trying to stream someone in. You want to get Tom Bryan in your roster today. These are guys that if you drop them, I don't think it costs you that much. Top four names there are more for category leagues. Lonnie Walker. We are seeing again, like Marvin Bagley, the pattern of Lonnie Walker reappear. A guy that needs big minutes and big usage and outsized percentages to be useful. And he got all that. And now he's not. And he does nothing else. So he played like 25 minutes last game. And we are seeing the fan, despite all of the hoopla around how Lonnie Walker's played and his fantasy contributions, he's not a top 100 player this season in either category or points formats. And he is losing value with Schroeder returning. Now, I wouldn't necessarily drop him today because the Lakers have got no LeBron or no Anthony Davis. And that will mean he gets bigger usage. But the same general structure of his fantasy game is there. Points subpar efficiency overall, and then nothing else. And that's not a good recipe. Sadiq Bay's last couple of games have been really good. I guess if I'm looking at it long-term, I don't expect him to play 30 minutes every night coming off the bench. And even if he does, 30 minutes of Sadiq Bay is really fringe anyway. Like I would much rather have Sadiq than say Lonnie Walker. But I also don't trust that he's going to play 31 minutes a night like he has the last two games because literally the two games before that, he played 18 and 17 minutes. So I'm not looking at this going, well, yeah, that's that's the role, 30 off the bench, because I'm not convinced it will be. 
because I think it's going to be a Bagley or Bay sort of situation. Bagley struggling, Bay comes in, Stewart moves across a little bit more. Bagley plays well, Bay plays 19, 20 minutes, and that makes them really hard to have with no consistency in their role. But he is, I believe, a long-term droppable category league guy. It is hard to do after the last two games, which have been good, but you know, he hasn't been good most of the season. John Ray Hunter, not only is he hurt, but he's bad. So see you later. I don't need to had him, I don't need to explain that. He's just not very good. Real life or in fantasy leagues, especially. Cameron Payne, Chris Paul's back. So campaign's gone. I get you might want to hold on for one more game. Um, it's an insurance policy, and, and that is a totally viable strategy. Hold for one game. I don't trust Paul not to get hurt. Get it. But if we're just looking at pure value, there is no campaign is not going to be a 12-team league guy unless Chris Paul is out. And I could say that for that would mean oh, I'm going to stash Ty Stones, I'm going to stash Campaign, I'm going to stash Javon Carter, I'm going to stash Jordan McLaughlin, I'm going to stash Naz Reed. Like, okay. You can't do that for everybody. For points leagues, and then some of these go for category leagues as well. Shake Milton, we're dropping him pretty quickly. These are all rostered in a fair chunk of leagues. Contavious Caldwell Pope is definitely not a points league guy. Um, I, I'm not even sure he's a category league player anymore for 12s. Keegan Murray, I don't know why I wrote it. Keegan there, that's really bad for me. Yeah, I think he will get better. But it's again, like we talked about with Isaac, can you sustain the garbage at the moment? The subpar performances, the 25 minutes. And unlike someone like a Jabari Smith, who I was very big on holding, because the minutes and the role were there and the shooting would come back. I think the shooting will improve from Keegan, but they are looking to win games. And for them winning games, and they are winning games, means Keegan Murray plays 24 minutes because he is a rookie and they are not giving entitlement minutes to him. Is he a better player than Casey Okpala and Trey Lyles? Probably, but he's not a better player than Malik Monk. So Monk gets those minutes and other players get those minutes. So that's where I look at it and go, well, it won't be just a matter of time like with Tari Eason before they go into development mode because that's not what they're doing. So while I think some of the shooting will improve for Keegan, it won't be a guarantee that he's playing 30 a night every night. And then Reggie Jackson, who's just not good. And yes, you've got John Wall out today, but with Kawhi and Paul George back and in and out, look, Jackson's consistency is just not going to be there where you have to hold him. Let's look at must roster players. These are guys available in over 20% of leagues who I think are going to have a chance to, or should be top 100 players or close enough rest of season. Top four category league guys, bottom four points league guys on the graphic. First four, I'll just keep saying it until he hits 80. That's Kelly Linick. What are we doing? I know he's available in like 70% of ESPN leagues as well. Like thumbs out of asses. What are you doing? Add him. Mitchell Robinson's available. Yeah, add him. Josh the Hitman Hart remains available. Yes, he is a guy that won't score that much, but he's a clear must-roster player to me. And Killian Hayes, I also think is a must-roster player. Now he is at the bottom of those four, and he's probably right around 100 to 110 in terms of rest of season rankings, which will get impacted quite a bit depending on what happens with Cade. But I think he's a must-roster player. For points leagues, Jaden Ivey. Now, Jaden Ivey, I'm not sure is a must-roster for categories because he's so deleterious with his field goal percentage, sometimes free throws, lack of steals, and lack of assists. And Hayes is a bad shooter too, but he'll get more assists. So Ivey, I think, is a definite points league must-roster. Category league, it's borderline. Mitch Robinson, Markel Fultz, yes, he is, he's available. I think he's actually a must-roster in categories as well, but definitely more so for points. And then Killian Hayes is on that list as well. Let's look at some hot players. These are guys who are top 100 over the last week. And what are we going to do about them? Naz Reed, it's fake. Because Gobert has played 30 minutes combined in the last two games. So that means that Reed has played the bulk of those minutes. And when Gobert plays his usual 32, Reed will not play that playing time. 
He's had a ton of blocks. He is a great fantasy contributor when he gets minutes. He just will not get the minutes. So don't look at him and go, oh, I should add him in 12-team leagues because he's top 100 over the last week. I think there's a lot. And he, look, maybe they come out and they do play him and go bad together. I really doubt that. But maybe they do. I just don't buy what has happened to push him into that ranking spot to be anywhere close to real. Justice Winslow. Well, that's because Lillard was out, so you can go ahead and drop him. Don't worry about that one. Jordan McLaughlin, really watching that one because last game, he actually played more minutes than Jalen Noel. They played Russell and McLaughlin together. It was the first game with McLaughlin back and Towns out, and he benefited quite a bit. He can contribute in rebounds a little bit for his guard position anyway. Assists and steals, he can score a little bit. I think he's just a good player. He's one to watch, and he's definitely on a 12-team watch list radar. Santi Aldama, no. That's Jaron Jackson being out. Don't add him. Mo Wagner is interesting. Mo Wagner is top 100 over the last week because Bumba has been out, and rightfully so. He was a 12-team stream, but I don't know how they prioritize him or Bumba because Wagner's been out basically all season. So all of these games that Bumba played and when he filled in for Paolo or filled in for um, Carter, Wagner wasn't available, but Wagner is now. So I'm watching that. If he gets the minutes over Bumba today, then yeah, he might be a short-term 12-team league player. Najee Marshall... I, no, I'm not interested in that. And Tyus Jones is literally just when Jar is out, you stream him in. Some deeper league guys, rest of season with some value. I think in 14-team leagues, Javante Green is worth a crack. I know he's dealing with a bone bruise, but there is some value there. Jeremy Sohan's available in lots of spots. He should be back, if not Thursday, Saturday. He's a good ad there. And Quentin Grimes, I think he, he goes between 14 and 16-team leagues to me, but a guy getting 40 minutes a night, he won't get 40 every night, but the fact that the Tom Thibodeau Knicks have said... We are running a nine-man rotation. Cam Reddish, you are not playing. Derek Rose, you are not playing. That's hey For deeper leagues, 18, 20, 10 leagues, Juice McBride. He's in the rotation now, Juice McBride. Um, go and have a look at, at him to see whether he makes sense on your team. But Grimes for 14 teams. For 16s, I like Bruno Fernando, who's taken over from Garuba as the backup. I like the artist formerly known as Torian Prince, who should have a strong role with Towns out. I like Eric Gordon in 16s. I like Obi Toppin in 16s. And I like KJ Martin as a 16-team league player. Um, and some other names that are worth mentioning here, I think, to round out this show. Walker Kessler, one of the best block streams out there. We thought there was a trend where he was getting 20 minutes and Vanderbilt was getting 25. And then, of course, last time we saw Utah, Vandy played 31 and completely screwed that plan up after he'd played like 25, like 10 games in a row or something. We're just watching Kessler. We're watching... I don't think he's going to start anytime soon, but it's about getting 12 minutes versus 22 minutes. And the blocks are so valuable. The Bronco, Jalen Williams... Broncos country, let's ride. Almost the same situation as Eason, except he's playing more minutes. So there is value there. He starts every second game. Uh, I think he's a 12-team league player. Mo Wagner, I just talked about. Don't know why I put him on that list twice. Joe Harris, why ben Sim while Ben Simmons is out, Harris has points in three stream ability. And when Simmons returns, he probably does nothing. Now, Simmons probably comes back Friday, and that's going to impact Harris. But for now, for Wednesday, sure. I just don't think it's a long-term thing. Max Struess, it's a schedule stream. Two more games this week. I... And he is a guy that when someone gets hurt, whether that is Hero or Butler or Lowry or Vincent, whoever, like then he does become 12-team streamable, but he's a points and threes guy who's losing minutes. Chris Boucher, I don't believe he's a 12-team league player. I think he needs a starter or, or one of the top five guys to be out and they're all healthy. He's getting under 20 minutes a night at the moment. He needs 25 to be a 12-team league player. Alexei Pokashevsky, <sighs> the potential's there. The minutes are just frustrating. Again, it's going to depend. Can you sit? Can you hold? Are you in a strong position in your league? 
If you're not and you're dealing with injuries, like you can't deal with that subpar level of production. So to me, he's really fringy. If you drop him, it's it's. I, I dropped him in a league. I kept him in another league. Um, it really just depends on who I'm adding and also where I am in that league. And Cole Anthony, I think he's worth having for now, but I don't think he will be long-term. I think he is going to be deprioritized behind Fulton Suggs. He might get 24 minutes a night and he'll turn into almost like a Tim Hardaway type. Well, not even a Tim Hardaway, like a Malik Beasley, a guy who will come in and jack shots and have 15 points with four threes one game and then have seven points on 12 shots the next game and lack in defensive stats and not be a high assist player. I really think that he's not going to be able to maintain 12-team league value. While Suggs remains out and Harris remains out and Carter remains out, there is some appeal there. But we've seen very much ups and downs from him. And we've also seen that Fultz seems to be the preferred option there. And that's going to impact where Cole is rest of season. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Is there any other waiver wire guys you're looking to add? Please drop them in the comments below. And follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you're on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.